Okay, good afternoon. This is Richard Shu, host of Shu Untied, where I interview lawyers and occasionally former lawyers who've gone on to do interesting things. Uh, today, I'm very pleased and honored to have as my guest uh, Jim Mitchell, who's the general partner of his own successful hedge fund, uh, Mitchell Partners. Uh, Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, Jim, tell me, you were obviously a lawyer uh, initially. How did you um, go from being a lawyer to a, uh, a hedge fund investor? Well, I was invest. I was interested in stocks for many years before I went to law school. I got interested in uh, stocks when I was about 12 years old and began investing. I had to invest through my parents because I, w- I was too young to open a brokerage account. Hmm. But uh, I started investing that way. Uh, in college, I got interested in uh writing uh, puts and calls uh, in what was then over the, an over-the-counter puts and calls market. Uh, and uh, But also in college, I decided to go to law school. Initially, I my idea was that I would go to both law school and business school, but I went to law school first, and by the time uh, I finished... Uh, Three years of law school, I would, I was tired of going to school and ready to g- get out in the world. But you didn't want to become an investor full time. You did decide to become a practicing lawyer, right? I did, and uh, starting in the legal department of First American Title Insurance Company, um, and then went into private practice specializing in real estate law. Um, and I think you know uh, that. Uh, a client of mine had the idea to start Century 21 Real Estate Corporation, and so I ended up forming that corporation and writing their franchise agreement and so on. And then they talked me into leaving private practice and joining them full-time as general counsel. So then when we sold that company in 1979, I figured that I could retire from the practice of law at that point and decided to form a partnership to try to support myself investing in stocks full-time. Hmm. And that partnership has been pretty successful, right? Your return, I mean, what, what has been your average annual return since its inception? It's been over 12% per annum for uh, in excess of uh, 30 years. Yeah, it's amazing. What Was it scary to, you know, the idea of leaving a job that you knew to start this fund? I mean, did that seem like a scary proposition to you at the time? It was, a, it was scary because I had no experience investing uh, full-time. Uh, and initially, I thought that uh, our sort of investment niche was going to be risk arbitrage. Uh, and we did that for a couple of years, but that particular type of investing goes in and out of fashion. And when it becomes too popular, uh, the profits shrink. Uh, and so uh, a couple of years after I formed the partnership, I started looking around for other types of investments. And that's when we started investing in uh, in more thinly traded uh, stocks uh, from out of the 
uh, pink, so-called pink sheets. Right. Now, when you first started that fund, did you think you were going to be doing it for 30 years? Or did you think you were going to, I mean, what was your, how long did you think it was going to go when you first started it? I really did not have any long-term plan other than year by year to see what I could accomplish. And was it something where as soon as you started, you knew right away it was the right decision and it was going well? Or did you have your doubts when you first started thinking, gosh, maybe I made, you know, maybe this is not for me? In the early years, a couple of questions. I had someone that I had become acquainted with uh, through Century 21 uh, offered me a a position as general counsel for Hilton International Hotels. Hmm. But that would have been in New York. um, And I was living here in California. Plus, I really, investing in stocks was just fun. I was doing sort of doing my hobby full-time. Right. And so I turned down that offer and stuck with the partnership. Was that a tough decision? It was. Actually, my wife made it a little easier because she really did not want to leave California. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that always helps. Um, Tell me why a 12-year-old would be interested in buying stocks. I mean, what, what would have intrigued you about that? How did you even know about stocks? Was your dad a stock investor? I mean, most 12-year-olds are, you know, are in the playground playing football or something. I really liked math and numbers. And uh, in those days, most newspapers, even, even uh, very small newspapers like, uh, like the uh, Santa Ana Register in Southern California, would have full pages of stock quotes uh, daily. And, you know, the idea of pages full of numbers uh, intrigued me. Now, um, what was the first stock you bought? It was called ABC Paramount. It was a combination of Paramount theaters and a sort of fledgling also ran TV network. Did you have any money? How does a 12-year-old have any money, or what did you do? I had a little bit of, of money, and I was always uh, interested in business and trying to make money, and I had uh, sold uh, newspaper subscriptions door-to-door. So you, obviously, so now your fund has been very successful. Um, it's been, as you said, uh, it's largely in the pink sheets. You've been called the king of the pink sheets. Um, to, how would you kind of describe your investment philosophy? I know you're a big fan of Warren Buffett's, but how would you kind of describe your investment philosophy and you know the, the, the way the hedge fund is run? We're really looking for sound businesses that where the stock um, looks cheap, uh, compared to both uh, the the price at which the com- the entire company could be sold and cheap compared to where we think the stock would trade if it was listed on say the New York Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. How did you get into this niche of trading in the pink sheets? That's obviously a unusual place to be buying and selling stocks. When risk arbitrage wasn't working particularly well. I started looking around for alternatives, and there were two things that really caught my attention. One was looking over my past results as just a private investor. Uh, I had had a few thinly traded stocks that had done particularly well, and uh, there was an article in Forbes magazine about thinly traded stocks that 
um, that also uh, piqued my interest. Now, you've been a big fan of Warren Buffett for a long time. How did you dis- initially discover Warren Buffett? There was a uh, a book written uh, about ver- uh, various investors by the author was John Train. I, I think he called it Money Masters, mm-hmm. and there was one chapter on Buffett, and that looked that caught my interest, and I bought. Uh, I think it was a hundred shares of Berkshire Hathaway hmm. uh, at a very early date. What year was that? Do you remember? I don't remember, but I know I bought the shares for under three hundred dollars a share. So wow. that's uh, amazing. Although at the time, that must have seemed like it was pretty expensive. That's right, huh. and it all and the stock always looked somewhat expensive in relation to their earnings. But uh, uh, Buffett managed to make the. <laughs> the sh- this, their earnings grow. How long have you been going to the the annual meetings at Berkshire Hathaway? I'm guessing my first meeting was around 1984 or 85. Hmm. I I had owned the shares for um, several, you know, probably five or six years before uh, before I decided to try attending the uh, meeting. And their first their first meeting was. Uh, held in the in the uh, basement of a hotel in Omaha, hmm. uh, and I'm guessing the the attendance was 200 shareholders or less. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And Charlie Munger was there though. At the, yes. with, with Warren Buffett, right? Huh. Um, how did you happen to meet, meet Warren Buffett for the first time? By coincidence, at the time that I was general counsel for Cent- for Century 21 Real Estate Corporation. Warren's daughter, uh, Susie, um, was hired by Century 21 and was working there. And since I knew about Buffett, I got acquainted with her, and um, she knew of my interest and and arranged for me to have lunch with Warren uh, on an, uh, when he was visiting in California. Wow, what was that like? That was very, very exciting. <laughs> you know, now he, he auctions his a lunch that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> so um, tell me a little bit about how you think. So you've obviously been doing this for 30 years. How do you think you're different now, 30 years later, fundamentally, than when you first started, even though you've been investing in sort of the similar stocks? One thing is that I've I've learned a lot. I probably place more emphasis on... Uh, balance sheets than I did uh, uh, for starting out. Um, second, initially, I didn't look at bank stocks at all, but I've gradually become a little more comfortable investing in community banks. What do you think it takes to be a good investor? You do need to be, to be patient, uh, but also you need to uh, find it fun so that it's never boring uh, reading uh, footnotes of uh, uh, financial statements. What do you find? The, what do you find fun about it? Is it finding the bargain? Is it making the money? What, what, what's the fun part? The fun is 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 finding a bargain. It's even more fun uh, if the company is is really well run and you you uh, admire the people who are who are managing the company. Hmm. 
And do you think even after doing for this for 30 years, you you find it just as enjoyable as you did when you started? You don't find that it's getting old in any way? It doesn't get old. <laughs> and how do, you, how do you go about finding these ideas? When we first started out, uh, the same people who published the Pink Sheets published a semi-annual uh, volume uh, called the National Stock Summary. And it listed every stock that had traded anywhere in the United States in the last four or five years. Uh, that book contained thousands and thousands of companies. Uh, I would estimate uh, 20 or 30,000 companies. Hmm. And initially, we went through that book. Uh, uh, we Initially, we eliminated banks, but we picked out stocks that were trading for above $5 where either there was a bid and no offer at all, or there was a bid and maybe the offer was 10 or 20% above the bid, hmm. or the ask price was 10 or 20% above. Hmm. So where there was a huge spread, and we wrote letters to thousands of those companies requesting uh, their most recent annual report, I would guess that we only heard back from about a third of them. Hmm. Uh, but that, going through those annual reports, we found many, many really uh, intriguing um, companies where the stock price looked really cheap. So in the 30 years that you run the fund, do you have a story of one or two? What, what is sort of your favorite all-time investments? We did pretty well with Cooler Company, which is now totally private. They're the manufacturer of uh, various bathroom fixtures in Doubleday and Company, which was uh, a publisher, but they, at the time, uh, owned the New York Mets baseball team. Hmm. Uh, and they won the World Series while we owned the stock. <laughs> um, but the company was subsequently, they they sold the baseball team and then sold the company itself. Hmm. But that was a pretty good return. It was. How much, how would you, how, do you, how would you say you allocate your time between monitoring your current possessions and investments versus looking at new companies? Wait, that's something I've never really thought about. Um, <laughs> I'm always looking, but... I should add that um, many of our companies do not uh, publish quarterly reports. They own, uh, their annual report is all we get. And so particularly in the period from about April 1st to, say, the end of May, I... Um, regard that as sort of annual report season when mm. hundreds of annual reports from our existing investments are coming in. And at that time, I'm probably not looking for it any is. new ideas. I'm just Got it. catching up on, on what's happening with, with current investments. Now, you mentioned, obviously, <clears throat> you're a fan of Warren Buffett. Um, any other famous investors that you really like or you try to emulate or you, you, know, you, you feel that, is a, you know, that, you, that you particularly like? Well, I certainly uh, also follow uh, Charlie Munger. Um, uh, but I also 
uh, read just about anything that I can get a hold of on uh, on other investors. Now, when you look back at um, your career, you look back at your fund. Do you do you wish that you had you know started the fund earlier? If you had known, if you had known now that you what you knew back then, would you have you know maybe started started the fund earlier? Or you, you're 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 pretty pleased with still how you know your career went. I'm very pleased with the with with the way things have gone, hmm. um, and and they just sort of evolved in in sort of a natural way. I I really enjoyed practicing law. Um, Except for ha- not having total control over uh, my working hours, because um, you know it, the client's interests had to come first, and if they had a problem uh, that required working uh, late or over the weekend, that's what I had to do. Hmm. Um, so uh, that made the the transition to being. Uh, general counsel and a corporation feel fairly natural but i was still investing on in stocks on the side you know as uh with my personal funds and then when century 21 sold and i uh, received you know a substantial amount of money uh from the sale of the company um transitioning into full-time investing seemed very natural now, your son, Bill, who I went to college with, has uh, started his own fund. How does it feel to have your son kind of, you know, following the shoes of his dad and doing the same business? I'm excited uh, <laughs> b- both uh, to have that happen and excited for him. Yeah, uh, right. And and his investment approach uh, is different from mine, uh, but I think very sound, and I, I'm anticipating that he will do extremely well. Can you think of anything else you'd rather be doing than 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 the, than the job that you have? I I can't. <laughs> so will you ever retire? <laughs> I don't think so. And and in fact, that's one of the pluses of this business is that there's no set retirement age, and uh, you can see you can see that with others uh, like Buffett and Munger who they. Uh, I don't think they'll ever retire either. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, since I'm a limited partner at Mitchell Partners, I also hope you don't retire, and I would love to see you keep doing it as long as you can. Thank you. This is Richard Shu and Jim Mitchell. Thanks. Thanks.